Praise the Lord. You may be seated this morning. If you have your Bibles, your phones, your iPads, whatever you got, if you would turn to Mark chapter 4, verse 35. It's just a privilege to be with you guys today. It's always an honor to be here at KC Wasilla. Pastor Daniel and Pastor Karen and, and Danny were with us at our staying at our house all week in Branson while they were visiting uh, Hannah. Uh, Hannah and my daughter are roommates at Evangel, so it's pretty cool. They've known each other since they were, you know, born, pretty much. And um, so they're rooming together, and it's just awesome. And Pastor Daniel preached for us last Wednesday night. Last week was our third anniversary as a church, and uh, they happened to be there the week that was happening. And, and Dr. Morocco was there on, on Sunday. And Pastor Ann Fujii, if you know who she is, was there. One of our seniors, our main senior associate, really, was there. And, and none of them knew they were all going to be there the same week. And I said, well, th then we're having a celebration if all you guys are showing up here the same week. And it was a wonderful time. God used Pastor Daniel powerfully Wednesday night. So thank you for... Uh, Thank you for allowing your pastor to be gone. Amen. And bless Casey Branson this past week. Um, while you're finding your word there, I'll, I'll share a little story with you. You know, uh, for a long time, uh, I had a song that would just pop in my head. Anybody have that happen? Like some melody pop in your head? And I was like, what is this song? And it was something like, um, the captain and me. The captain and me. I'm like, what is that? And, and it would like pop in my head. And I'm talking like for a really long time, like for years and years and years. I'm driving down the road, the captain and me. And I'm like, so, so I started Googling it to see if I could find this song. And of course, you know, I found some song called The Captain and Me, but it was by the Doobie Brothers. And that was not it. All right. <laughs> I thought maybe, maybe, but it wasn't. It wasn't the one by the Doobie Brothers. And then... This summer, I think it was in July, we had a special guest call, wanted to come to the church. He was a singer that at one time back in the 70s was a part of a group called the Imperials. Does anybody happen to know who that is? And, and you know, he wanted to come sing, and I'm like, great, come sing. And, and, and he ministered, and after the service, I'm walking by his CD table, and I see this CD that I never actually owned, but I saw it in the 80s when I was in high school, okay? And I, I was like, wow, that takes me back, just seeing that cover, and you know, I, I picked up that CD, and I put it in our car, and I'm looking at the cover, and song number nine says, The Captain and Me. And I'm shaking my head like, this cannot, how, I never even owned this CD. How could I, dink, 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 number nine, the intro starts, and it, it's exactly the song that has been going through my mind for years, like 20 years or more, more, I think. And the minute I heard it, I realized how I knew it. When I was a youth in high school, I participated in, in these contests. Back in the day, they were called teen talent. Doesn't that sound 70s-like? And, and I would play, and there was a group that we thought was so amazing. If I could get a little more monitor, uh, that'd be awesome. A group that we thought was amazing, and I realized at one of those contests, they sang that song in like 1982. And ever since then, it had been going through my mind. And the guy comes to our church that sings the song, and I make the connection. Now, isn't that just wild? So the song talks about sailing the seas of life, the journey with the captain, you and the captain. And I want to talk about that today, if you will. 
Mark chapter 4, verse 35, that day. Do, do we stand for the reading of the word here? Well, let's stand back up. I thought I'd give you a break. You were standing a long time. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and waves obey him. Would you place your hand on your own self, on your heart, or on your head today? Father, we pray for ourselves. Just pray for yourself today. God, we pray that you'd help us to receive what you want us to receive. Open our hearts. Open our minds. Let us be sponges to soak up, Holy Spirit, what you want to speak to us and bring change in our lives today. Now, would you stretch your hand out to me today? Pray God will help me. Father, I pray, God, you'd help me, Lord God, to speak this word. Lord God, as you would, Lord God, speak through me, Lord God. Just flow through me today, Jesus, to say what you want to say and and your word will not return void. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name, amen. You can have a seat. The captain and me. Can you say it with me? The captain and me. You see, Jesus took his disciples on a journey. We read about it. He said to them, let us go over to the other side. Now listen, Jesus is God, right? When God speaks, things happen. Isn't that right? So if Jesus said, let us go to the other side, he means, fellas, we're going to the other side. And, and, and I like what he says there. He says, us. He doesn't say, fellas, let's get in the boat. I'm going to the other side. He says, let us go to the other side. Did you know that there's an us thing that God wants to do with you? See, God doesn't want to just show up on earth and do his work and, and leave us out of it. That's not how he operates. He wants to involve a Moses, a David, a Peter, a Saul. Are you with me? And a you. In fact, I feel like this word for today is for you personally and for this church corporately that God is saying to you, I want to do something with you. I want to head somewhere with you, a destination with you. And we all know that destination is heaven. Amen. One day we're going to be there. But there's some stops along the way. And the word of the Lord today for us is this, that God has a going over for you. I'm so glad three of you were happy about that. God has a going over to a destination for you personally and for you corporately. Can I get a bigger amen? It's the truth. It's the word of the Lord. Are any of you his disciples? Raise your hand if you're his disciples. Well, well the first verse we said, he said to his disciples. And he's saying that to you as disciples today. Let us, me, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Father God, and you, let's head somewhere. Let's go somewhere. And the next verse said this, leaving the crowd. You see, the whole crowd wasn't going to go to that destination. 
Not everybody's going to think it's a great idea. Not everybody's going to jump on board. Not everybody's going to be in the boat. But are you going to be in the boat? Are you going to be one of those disciples that gets in the boat or one of those left on the shore saying, that was great food you multiplied, Jesus. That was great miracles you did, but I'm not really in the boat with you. How many of you say, I want to be in the boat that's going somewhere with Jesus, not stuck on the shore? Something you have to do is something we'll talk about later today, all right, in this message. But he said, let us go over to the other side. He has an us thing with you. He has a journey. He has a destination. And he has literally a going over. And can I just say this for you, Casey Wasilla? There is a going over for you corporately as a church. And I know this is no big surprise, but one thing is that it's a going over to the other side of town, to a property that's sitting there without a building. There's going to be a going over. The building's going to be built. The money's going to be provided. Any storm or waves that are coming against it aren't going to matter because there is a going over for you, Casey Wasilla. Amen? Can we praise God for that? Amen. Here's the problem with these disciples. The storm. It said a furious squall. This is no baby storm. Big storm. But you want to know what the bigger problem was? It wasn't the storm happening outside the boat. It was the storm happening inside them. When the waves started crashing, suddenly there's no peace in their heart. And instead of the waves just crashing outside, suddenly the waves are crashing inside. And they're gripped by fear. And I mean, they're freaking out. We're going to drown. We're going down, and, and that's the problem. Oftentimes, when we're headed to a destination in God, suddenly there's big old waves. The enemy wants to try to throw something that keeps us just swirling around in circles, not getting to the destination that God has for us personally or corporately, throwing those kind of things. Did, did you know anything the devil throws at you is not a surprise to Jesus? He's all-knowing. Jesus knew when he said, let us go over, that that was going to happen. But he wasn't worried about it at all. In fact, you know how we know that? He was asleep. He was napping during this whole freak out. Anybody ever freak out in this place? All three of you? Yeah, right freaking out and Jesus is sleeping. You know what that, that shows us? Your freak out moment, your scared moment, your afraid moment is like nap time to God. He's not worried at all. And the Bible says he never sleeps or slumbers. So, you know, if you want to get all theological, I'm just saying it's an example. He's napping. That means your problem is like nothing to God. Your freak out scary moment today, the one you had this past week or last month or six months ago where it felt like you were sinking, he already knew. He already knew, and he's still saying to you, come on, let's go to the other side. We're going to the other side. Amen? So here's something you got to ask yourself, and if you're taking notes today, you might want to jot this little question down. When those storm comes, when those storms come, when the waves come crashing in on your life, here's a question. Is your boat still afloat? Can you say it with me? Is your boat 
still afloat. You see, it wasn't that long ago that I happened to be freaking out about something, all right? What? You, Pastor? Yes, all right? And I was worried about it, and I was freaking out, and that's exactly what God said to me. He said, Chris, is your boat still afloat? And I knew what he was saying right then. He was saying, have you capsized? Have you shipwrecked? Are you still on your way to your journey? I'm like, yes. If you're still floating, if you're still alive, if you're still kicking, if you're still hanging on, guess what? You're still on your way to your journey, no matter what's happening in your life. And it may not be happening in the time that you set in your brain. You know, are any of you those super organized people that are just like everything's and there's a schedule and don't lift your hand. They have help for us. You know what I mean? No, that's a gift from God to be organized. It is. Gift of administration, all that kind of stuff. But sometimes we can have ideas in our head. God's going to do this in my life, and it's going to be here, and it's going to be here, and it's going to be by here. Anybody ever thought that before? And if it's not by next Christmas, God, I'm done. Anybody ever said those sort of things before? Yeah? Well, some of you have. So it may not happen when you want, and you might not have achieved what you've wanted by now. The timing might be different than you expected, but are you still afloat? Then you're still on your journey. You're still headed there. It might not be smooth sailing like the disciples, but it's still sailing. It might seem like Jesus is actually asleep when you've prayed, and you said, God, can I please get the breakthrough? God, are you listening? And you've asked him for something, and, and, and there doesn't seem to be any answers, and it seems like he's asleep. Anybody ever been there before? Like, God, uh, can I get some kind of response? But God's not dead. God's still the same God he's always been, and you're still alive, and you're still hanging on to him. Is that right? Then you're still on your journey. Disciples, you're still on your journey if you're in the boat and he's in the boat with you. I remember years ago, Pastor Morocco telling the story, and maybe Pastor Daniel shared it before, of when the church in Maui bought the skating rink that was there, which at that time was like the largest building on the island. And when I started working on the staff in, yes, 1988, it was a long time ago. And uh, we were still in that building, and we were still having church. And, and, uh, but when they first purchased it, they didn't know how they were going to make the payment. I mean, literally. And it was a step of faith, but it got really scary. And Pastor Morocco shares that even a news reporter of the, of the newspaper came down to his office, wanted to meet with him, and walked in and said, so I heard you're shutting down. I heard you're, uh, you're going bankrupt and, and shutting down. And Pastor's like, I've not heard that yet. Statement of faith. And, and the guy walked out and, and pastor said, you know, it was like the weight of the world was on me. And I was crying out to God, we're going to lose this place. And he said, in the midst of it, a big rat climbed up on his desk. I worked in that building for a while. It was by the harbor. There were enormous black rats. You could hear them galloping through the ceiling. And when I say galloping, I mean it. 
And I could tell you some nasty stories that would gross you out. But he said a rat climbed up on his desk while he was sitting there. He said, I felt like it was just mocking me, looking at me, saying, oh, yeah, Mr. Man of Faith, Mr. Man of Power, you're going to lose this place. And he said at that moment, he felt like God spoke to him and just simply said, are the lights still on? Isn't it cool the way God speaks? Are the lights still on? He's like, yeah. The Lord said, then you're still in business. In other words, is your boat still afloat? Is the power still on? Sometimes your walk with God toward your journey is a daily, daily faith walk. And you go day to day saying, give us this day our daily bread. Amen? And God comes and meets you there. So you want to ask yourself this, not just is your boat still afloat, but who's in my boat? You raised your hand a while ago that you're disciples. Do you, how many of you say, I, I know God, I serve God. Come on, lift your hand, lift your hand. How many of you say, I'm his child, he's made me his child. I'm a friend of God. Amen. Then he's in your boat. He's on your side, church, today. And the next question you got to ask yourself is, then what kind of God is he? If he's in my boat and I'm in his boat, what kind of God is our creator God, Jehovah, his son, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the triune God? What kind of God is he? You see, that was the real the problem of the disciples. In their boat, think about this, was the one who made up waves. In their boat was the one who created water. In their boat is the one who dreamed up wind. In their boat was the one who dreamed up buoyancy. In their boat was the one who made up storms. They didn't realize who was in their boat. And church, sometimes we come to church we, we, we serve God. We have a kind of relationship with God, but we're kind of like the disciples who said, teacher, see, they, they, they had some respect for him. We come to church. We praise. We praise God. And I'm not saying everyone here, but maybe some of us do that. And we have respect for God, and we come. But their next thing was, teacher, don't you care if we drowned? In other words, I kind of respect you, but I don't really know who you are. And sometimes we can come and, and serve a God and even be a disciple of Jesus and we know him a little bit, but we don't have that experiential knowledge of who God is. See, because the Bible's talking about it, you know the truth and the truth will set you free. It's not talking about head knowledge. It's talking about in your knower. You know him. You know what he's going to do for you. You know the kind of God he is. And church, we have to move from the ones who just say, teacher, don't you care about us? To understanding how much he cares about us. To understanding the depth of his love for us. They even said, who is this? Let me talk about not know, really knowing him. Who is this? Even the wind and waves obey him. Duh, he made them up. Do you know who's in your boat? Do you really know him? Because, church, we have to move from this. We can get stuck in, 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 in knowledge, knowing, 
okay? We can get stuck in, in information. Let me say it that way. Information about who God is, and we know it, and we praise you, teacher, but you have to move from information to revelation, where you really know him working in your life, and you start to trust him to take care of the things in your life, and then you say, oh, wow, you didn't let me down. You came through for me, God. I can truly trust you, and when you do that, move from information to revelation, you start to have transformation in your heart and your mind, and you live differently. Talk about that a little bit more. But when you know and have confidence in God, you know that that's what faith is. It's just trust. We blow it up into this big religious word. The Greek word is pistis. It's faith and trust. They're interchangeable. It's just trusting God. And when you have confidence in him and faith and trust that he really has your back, that he's really looking out for you, and the storm inside's going to cease, even if the one outside hasn't yet. And that's important. And that's where the battle takes place. Amen? In fact, when you start to know him like that, see, because let's just get real. And I'm going to talk about it more tonight. And I don't know if I should go there, but sometimes we just don't trust God. So we think we got to do a bunch of stuff for him. But when you trust him, You're going to find his perfect love, the older brother who is watching your back, the father who's watching over you. And when you realize that's how he really loves you and really feels about you, because some of us come from past where maybe we weren't loved that much by family or fathers or mothers or whoever, and you've been through a lot, and so you find it hard to trust. And I'm going to tell you today, he will never let you down, ever. He will arrive on time, and he's always a God of his word. Perfect love drives out fear. And when you find him, I'm not talking about just a religious idea in your brain. I'm talking about when you know God. When you know Jesus as your best friend. Sometimes in our walk with God... It's like a balance beam. Balance beams are not that wide. And people walk down them, or tight ropes. Are you with me today? And in our walk with God, there will be times when God just sort of removes the other stuff. Friendships, relationships, stuff you depended on, too much coffee. I don't know. I'm, Pastor Carson said, Lord, no. He No, but I'm serious. He'll remove stuff, and you're left with a balance beam. In other words, God wants you to get single-minded, and he wants you to get single-hearted. And when you start to walk just with him, he's your priority. He's your closest friend. He's the one you're depending on. And you start to walk that walk, then it's a balance beam because the things in life actually get balanced. When you start to know him as the God and friend that you can actually talk to and actually relate to and actually throw all your cares on, here's what happens. Then you have that. You see. You see the perfect love. And suddenly the fear you've been dealing with just starts to drop off because you know he's going to take care of you. 
I mean, the Bible even says not to fear death. Because you're going to be with him. It's like the Bible says, well, what can man do to you? They can kill you and then you end up with God. So he's got your back for eternity. Something we can't even think of or imagine. As a kid, I, I grew up in Oklahoma, and we, we have tornadoes. And, and I still can't figure out why in Oklahoma no one builds basements in their houses. I think it's the kind of clay and dirt we have or something. But, but they will build a cellar outside the house. I guess the house isn't sitting on it. I guess that's part of it. But anytime there was a tornado, my dad would be like, well, we're going to the cellar if it got bad enough. But well, we didn't have a cellar. So that meant we were going to drive around and find someone else who had a hole in the ground. For real. And even when we would go camping at Lake Texoma, Pastor Kirsten, um, someone came to me after first service and said, I used to ski at Lake Texoma. That's crazy. Whenever we went on family trips, there would be a tornado. That was just like a given. It was going to be an enormous storm. It was part of the trip. You just knew it was going to happen, and it did. And one time, my entire family drives. This isn't by where we lived. This is far. And, and, and drives to some farmer's house, knock, knock, knock. Hey, can we get in your cellar? Doesn't that sound hick-like? You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, I got my family here. Can we climb in your hole in the ground? And we did. Here we are, awkwardly sitting with some people we don't know. Really. But my dad, no matter when we would go to the cellar, would never go in it. He would always stay outside and watch the storm. And we thought he was crazy, and we didn't understand that. But I tell you one thing we did understand was that he was protecting us and that he was taking care of us no matter how awkward or strange it seemed. And it's the same with God. He's your father. He knows the storms already that are coming your way. And he says this to you, you're going over. You're going over to the other side. And when you feel troubled and when you feel discouraged, you just cry out to God like those disciples. Yes, they got rebuked for their lack of faith. But at least they cried out to God. And Psalms 57, 2 said, I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. He did, David didn't say to God who might fulfill his purpose for me. God didn't, I mean, David didn't say to God who, if I'm lucky, will fulfill his purpose for me. He said to God who fulfills. And if I can paraphrase that, I'll say to God who gets me to the destination he has for me. I cry out to God who does that. Church, you can have rest on the way to your destination. You see, here's the reality. If the disciples would have really realized who was in their boat and had their eyes on him instead of the storm and really trusted that he was who he said he was, you know what? They probably could have been taking a nap too. They probably could have been resting too. And sometimes we're struggling at the oars to get God wants me to do this, and I got to do this, and hard work is good. We should work hard. I'm, I'm a believer in that. 
But sometimes you're straining at the oars and you're going in circles and God's saying, would you just turn the oar over? This morning he's saying that. Would you just turn it over to me? Would you just let me be the captain? And maybe you could have peace through the storm. Maybe the storm inside you would cease. It would. And he would safely get you to the other side. Amen. I want to ask you this question today. What if your boat isn't afloat? What if you actually shipwrecked? What if the dreams you had in your heart, things that I know God spoke that to me. I know it was something he wanted to do through my life. And somehow or another you watched it crumble through your fingers. And somehow or another it didn't come to pass. And somehow or another you felt like you just, just, your ship was just going in circles. Or actually just sank, you know, like a lead weight. You lost some things. Maybe family. Maybe a marriage. Maybe a ministry or a business dream or something that God wanted to do in you. Can, can I say this to you today? You're not alone. The apostle Paul actually shipwrecked. The apostle Paul was on his way to Rome, and this was God. This was not, you know, just I'd like to do this for God. I mean, he knew it was God to get him to Rome. He had a desire to get to Rome, and God even spoke it through prophetic acts, and he knew it was going to be a rough road, but he... Did you know on your way to your destination in God, even when you're in God's will, there's storms? Sometimes we're so naive about the enemy that we think, well, if I just do God's will, everything's just going to be, you know, roses or whatever. Uh, the minute you, and I'm not trying to scare anybody, but the minute you step out in faith, the enemy's at war against you. It's just the truth. It really is the truth. And so here's Paul doing God's will. Except the storm didn't cease. The waves kept breaking for 14 days and nights, two weeks. And the soldiers that were with him there on the boat, no one's eaten for two whole weeks at all. I mean, this is a bad situation. But you see something with Paul. You see the complete opposite of the disciples. You see a man who knows God. You see a man, even though it isn't being solved, and it seems like it could be over, a man who says, I know who's in my boat. And at this point, I'm still moving ahead. And so you see him get up in the midst of the soldiers and say, an angel appeared to me last night, and I had a visitation. This is on the, in the storm. Can you imagine... <laughs> water and he's yelling at the guys and they're all freaking out and starving and he says none of you are going to die be of good courage and he, he tells him none of you are going to even lose a hair from your head it's it's not going to be lost and the waves are in the midst of the storm and this is important folks he did the opposite of the disciples he spoke the word of the lord he encouraged the others. He helped save the life of others. He was still full of faith and still full of courage. And this, still aware that he was on his journey. Just because everything around you is raging 
and it looks like the ship is going down in your life does not mean that you're not on your journey. It may just be the battle you happen to be facing right at that moment. And for Paul, bam, that boat ran aground, splinters everywhere, planks everywhere. He grabbed hold, soldiers are grabbing hold, and everyone made it to the shore. Exactly what he said happened. Folks, even in shipwreck, you can still be on your way to the destination God has for you. And this morning, you may have been shipwrecked. It's not over. He made it to Rome. He fulfilled his destination, and it was a crazy trip. There's some crazy trips in God. I've told before the the story of a vision God gave me that involved Russia, and I don't want to go through the whole story. I told it the last time I was here. But I'm going to give the really reduced version that I had a vision during revival, and it involved Russia, and I felt like I was supposed to go there, and miraculously we went. And I had seen this picture of sounds from heaven coming through my life, and, and I had seen kids of many nations, and I saw this little piece of Russia. Russia is 11 time zones. It's huge. And the next day, and I, I can't tell all this, but somebody came to me with a town and said, last night in the service, while I was getting that vision, someone was here who wants you guys to do work in Russia. And I looked at this piece of paper, and there was a town on it. And I said, if that town is in that little piece of Russia, which there's not that many towns in the part I saw are cities, I mean, I would just be in shock and awe. And it was. And we went to Russia. And the speed ahead version was I would go up there and say, I'm in Vladivostok. Took a pastor to the city theater. We're looking at the theater. I said, we should do a show here. We should do a big outreach. And he just looked at me like, what are you talking about? And I thought we would just go and take teams and do it. And we went and took teams, but we never did it. And it, I mean, not like that, not that. No sound of heaven, really. People got saved. It was was good. But God took me through a whole series of meeting other people in Russia, ending up on the side of Russia I never even knew, to a pastor who became the bishop, who in turn told the bishop, like the head bishop of the whole nation, who told the other bishop, hey, you should do this guy's show. We've translated into Russian. And listen, 18 years later, I'm sitting in Sakhalin Island, right above Japan. These four tiny churches came together to do Birthday of a King in Russian, getting ready for a party. I forgot for a minute. They're performing it in Russian, and it was not the best performance you've ever seen. But my eyes suddenly opened, and I realized 18 years later, I was sitting in the place that I saw in 1995. And tears were running down my eyes, and Russian people are getting saved. And that little company of performers ended up taking it on a little tour, started charging tickets. But songs God had given me that I thought would be praise and worship, that wasn't it at all. You see, sometimes we have a vision from God, and it's a crazy path before we land at the destination. So hang on. 
Everybody say, hang on. It can be a wild ride, as my friend Pastor Brian says. It isn't always the easy way, but I'll tell you this, with God, it's the best way. Sometimes maybe there's things in you he needs to work out before you get to your destination. Because if you got to your destination, you couldn't handle it. If you got the answer to everything you're asking him for today, maybe you as a person could not handle it. And he says, let me, let me clean you up and work some things out in your life first. Paul made it to Rome. Finally, a wild ride, snake bites, you know, all kinds of stuff. This morning, maybe you're here and you're facing a storm. And the waves are hitting you hard outside and in. And you need Jesus to breakthrough for you and say, peace, be still. Or maybe you're here today and you've capsized. You feel like, uh, the thing I'm believing for, believe for, I, God, I can't see it anywhere. And maybe you're just on the Paul plan. Maybe God knows he can entrust you with that. Maybe God knows you have what it takes to hold on in the midst of something. I might share more about that tonight. But church, if you're still alive, and you all look alive this morning, you got here, you're still hanging on even if it's a splinter to God. You're still on your journey. The captain and you. Would you give him the oar today? Would you let him take control? Pastor Alex, can you help me and can you bow your heads this morning? I know this is a simple message, but something I just felt for you personally and as a church that the Lord says, we're going over. How many of you today would say with heads bowed by lifting your hand, I need to know that God's taking me over. I need to know that God's getting me through this storm I'm facing. I need to be reassured today. Come on, lift them high. That's right. Thank you. You can lower your hands. Or you're here today and say, Pastor, I ran aground. At some point in my life, I ran aground and Maybe I haven't seen it as great as Paul saw it, and maybe I didn't hang on as much as I could, but I did my best. But I want to know today that I am on the road to the destination God has for me. And I want to see that moment or moments in my life redeemed today. Lift your hand. Come on, lift your hand right now. I'm going to ask everyone to stand in this place, if you will. Would you just lift your hands? Just begin to talk to the Lord today. God, love you. Jesus, let us do the us thing with you, Lord God. Let us, let you captain our ship and, and, and us be in your boat for your plan, Lord God. Even for this church, Lord God, let us be in the boat that's moving. Lord God, and 
be in arms. Let us recognize who you are and your great love for us. Listen, if you raised your hand for either of those purposes, Pastor Alex is going to sing a song I asked him to sing. He sang earlier, and I'm going to ask you to come and just stand. Very quickly, pastors, ministers, and leaders are going to pray for you that what was said today will find good ground in your heart, and you'll be strengthened and encouraged. So come as we sing. Come and join us. This is here to minister Jesus, to you today. Jesus, oh, yeah. you make the darkness tremble. Oh, Jesus, 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 you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, you silence me. here continuing to pray just continue but if you lifted your hand today wherever you're at in your seat or here lift it high come on come on lift it high father in the name of jesus i pray peace be still in the name of jesus there's some of you that have gone through a business difficulty that has just sunk it did not turn out the way you planned or thought it would and yet you have been in the will of the lord and the lord says rise up my child rise up in faith for surely though it may seem i'm asleep on a cushion i am in your boat and i am on your side and we are going to the other side and i declare it to you today in this place so father i pray for each person today that there would be freedom that there would be life that faith would arise lord god that trust would arise that confidence would arise today we speak peace be still we say to the storm go in the name of jesus and every demonic attack that has come against your disciples and your servants we stop it now in the name of jesus by the power in the name of jesus we say move back storm we say move back waves and we declare the word of the lord peace be still now give him praise church hallelujah hallelujah 